Gray is no color for a ballad. Ballads are woven from stuff of primitive hue, the red blood gushing, the gold sun shining, the green grass growing, the white snow falling. Never will you find gray in a ballad. You will find the black of the night and the raven's wing and the silver of a thousand stars. You will find the blue of many summer skies, but you will not find gray. That is why ballad making is a lost art, or almost a lost art. The blind beggar's daughter of Bednall Green, part the first. Was a blind beggar, had long lost his sight. He had a fair daughter of beauty most bright. And many a gallant, brave suitor had she, for none was so comely as pretty Bessie. And though she was a favour most fair, yet seeing she was but a poor beggar's heir, of ancient housekeepers despised was she, whose sons came as suitors to pretty Betty. Bessie. Wherefore, in great sorrow, fair Bessie did say, Good father and mother, let me go away, To seek out my fortune, whatever it be. This suit then they granted to pretty Bessie. Then Bessie, that was of beauty so bright, All clad in grey russet, and late in the night, From father and mother alone parted she who sighed and sobbed for pretty Bessie. She went till she came to Stratford Le Beau, then knew she not whither nor which way to go. With tears she lamented her hard destiny, so sad and so heavy was pretty Bessie. She kept on her journey until it was day and went on to Rumford along the highway. Where at the Queen's arms entertained was she, so fair and well favoured was pretty Bessie. She had not been there a month to an end, but master and mistress and all was her friend, and every brave gallant that once did her see was straightway enamoured of pretty Bessie. Great gifts they did send her of silver and gold, and in their songs daily her love was extolled. Her beauty was blazed in every degree, so fair and so comely was pretty Bessie. The young men of Rumford and her had their joy. She showed herself courteous and modestly coy, and at her commandment still would they be, so fair and so comely was pretty Bessie. Four suitors at once unto her did go. They craved her favour, but still she said no. I would not wish gentles to marry with me, yet ever they honoured pretty Bessie. The first of them was a gallant young knight, and he came unto her disguised in the night. The second a gentleman of good degree, who wooed and sued for pretty Bessie. A merchant of London whose wealth was not small, he was the third suitor and proper withal. Her master's own son, the fourth man must be, 
who swore he would die for pretty Bessie. And if thou wilt marry with me, quoth the knight, I'll make thee a lady with joy and delight. My heart's so enthralled by thy beauty that soon I shall die for pretty Bessie. The gentleman said, Come marry with me, as fine as a lady my Bessie shall be. My life is distressed, oh hear me, quoth he, and grant me thy love, my pretty Bessie. Let me be thy husband, the merchant could say, thou shalt live in London, both gallant and gay. My ships shall bring home rich jewels for thee, and I will forever love pretty Bessie. Then Bessie, she sighed, and thus she did say, My father and mother, I mean to obey. First get their goodwill, and be faithful to me, and you shall enjoy your pretty Bessie. To everyone this answer she made, wherefore unto her they joyfully said, This thing to fulfill we all do agree. But where dwells thy father, my pretty Bessie? My father, she said, is soon to be seen, the sealy blind beggar of Bednall Green, that daily sits begging for charity. He is the good father of pretty Bessie. His marks and his tokens are known very well. He always is led with a dog and a bell. A seedy, a sealy old man, God knoweth, is he, yet he is the father of pretty Bessie. Nay, then, quoth the merchant, thou art not for me, nor, quoth the inholder, my wife thou shalt be. I loathe, said the gentle, a beggar's degree, and therefore adieu, my pretty Bessie. Why, then, quoth the knight, Hap better or worse, I weigh not true love by the weight of my purse. And be white is be white in every degree. Then welcome unto me, my pretty Bessie. With thee to thy father forthwith I will go. Nay, soft, quoth his kinsman, it must not be so. A poor beggar's daughter, no lady shall be then take thy adieu of pretty Bessie. But soon after this, by break of the day, the knight had from Rumford stole Bessie away. The young men of Rumford, as thick might be, rode after to fetch again pretty Bessie. As swift as the wind to ride they were seen, until they came near unto Bednall Green. And as the knight lighted most courteously, they all fought against him for pretty Bessie. But rescue came speedily over the plain, or else a young knight for his love had been slain. This fray being ended, then straightway he see his kinsmen come rallying, his kinsmen come railing at pretty Bessie. Then spake the blind beggar, Although I be poor, yet rail not against my child at my door, at my own door. Though she be not decked in velvet and pearl, yet will I drop angels 
with you for my girl. And then if my gold may better her birth and equal the gold that you lay on the earth, then neither rail nor grudge you to see the blind beggar's daughter a lady to be. But first you shall promise and have it well known the gold that you drop shall all be your own. With that they replied, contented be we. Then here's, quote the beggar, her pretty Bessie. With that an angel he cast on the ground and dropped an angel's full 3,000 pound. And oftentimes it was proved most plain for the gentleman's one, the beggar dropped twain. So that the place wherein they did sit with gold it was covered every whit. The gentlemen then, having dropped all their store, said, Now, beggar, hold, for we have no more. Thou hast fulfilled thy promise aright. Then Mary, quoth he, my girly, to this night. And here, added he, I will now throw you down a hundred pounds more to buy her a gown. The gentleman all that this treasure had seen admired the beggar of Bednall Green, and all those that were her suitors before, their flesh for very anger they tore. This was fair Bessie matched to the knight, and then made a lady and others despite. A fair lady there never was seen. A fairer lady there never was seen than the blind beggar's daughter of Bednall Green. But, but of their sumptuous marriage and feast, what brave lords and knights thither were pressed, the second fit shall set forth to your sight with marvelous pleasure and wished delight. Part the second. Off a blind beggar's daughter most bright that late was betrothed unto a young knight. All the discourse thereof you did see, but now comes a wedding of pretty Bessie. Within a gorgeous palace most brave, adorned with all the cost they could have, this wedding was kept most sumptuously, and all for the credit of pretty Bessie. All kind of dainties and delicate sweet were bought for the banquet as it was most meet, partridge and plover and venison most free against the brave wedding of pretty Bessie. This marriage through England was spread by report, see that a great number thereto did resort of nobles and gentles in every degree and all for the fame of pretty Bessie. To church then went this gallant young knight, his bride followed, followed after an angel most bright. With troops of ladies the like ne'er was seen, as went with sweet Bessie of Bednall Green. This marriage being solemnized then, with music performed by the skillfulest men, the nobles and gentles sate down at that tide, each one admiring the beautiful bride. Now after the sumptuous dinner was done, to talk and to reason a number begun. They talked of the blind beggar's daughter most bright, and what with his daughter he gave to the knight. Then spake the nobles, much marvel have we, 
this jolly blind beggar we cannot here see. My lords, quoth the bride, my father's so base, he is loathed with his presence, he states to disgrace. The praise of a woman in question to bring before her own face were a flattering thing. But we think thy father's baseness, quoth they, might be thy beauty, be clean, put away. Might by thy beauty be clean, put away. They had no sooner these pleasant words spoke, but in comes a beggar clad in a silk cloak. A fair velvet cap and a feather had he, and now a musician forsooth he would be. He had a dainty lute under his arm. He touched the strings which made such a charm. Says, please you to hear any music of me. I'll sing you a song of pretty Bessie. With that his lute he twanged straightway, and thereon begun most sweetly to play. And after that lessons were played two or three, he strained out the song most delicately. Poor beggar's daughter did dwell on a green, who for her fairness might well be a queen. A blithe bonny lass and a dainty was she, and many one called her pretty Bessie. Her father he had no goods nor no land. He begged for a penny all day with his hand, and yet to her marriage he gave thousands three, and still he has somewhat for pretty Bessie. And if any here her birth do disdain, her father is ready with might and with main to prove she is come of noble degree, therefore never flout at pretty Bessie. With that the lords and the company round with hearty laughter were ready to swound. At last, said the lords, full well we may see the bride and the beggars beholden to thee. On this the bride all blushing did rise, a pearly drop standing within her fair eyes. O oh, pardon my father, grave nobles, quoth she, that through blind affection thus doteth on me. If this be thy father, the nobles did say, well may he be proud of this happy day. Yet by his countenance well may we see, his birth and his fortune did never agree. And therefore, blind man, we pray thee, be ray, and look that the truth thou to us do say. Thy birth and thy parentage, what it may be, for the love that thou bearest to pretty Bessie. And give me leave, nobles and gentles, each one, one song more to sing, and then I have done. And if that it may not win good report, then do not give me a grow-out for my sport. Sir Simon de Montford, my subject shall be. Once chief of all the great barons was he. Yet fortune so cruel this lord did abase, now lost and forgotten are he and his race. When the barons in arms did King Henry oppose, Sir Simon de Montfort, their leader they chose. A leader of courage, undaunted was he, 
and oft times he made their enemies flee. At length in the battle on Evesham Plain, the barons were routed and Montford was slain. Most fatal that battle did prove unto thee, though thou wast not born then, my pretty Bessie. Along with the nobles that fell at that tide, his eldest son Henry, who fought by his side, was felled by a blow he received in the fight, a blow that deprived him forever of sight. Among the dead bodies all lifeless he lay till evening drew on of the following day, when by a young lady discovered was he, and this was thy mother, my pretty Bessie. A baron's fair daughter stepped forth in the night to search for her father, who fell in the fight. And seeing young Montford, where gasping he lay, was moved with pity and brought him away. In secret she nursed him and swagged his pain and swaged his pain. Well, he through the realm was believed to be slain. At length his fair bride she consented to be and made him glad father of pretty Bessie. And now, lest our foes our lives should betray, we clothed ourselves in beggar's array. Her jewels she sold, and hither she came we. All our comfort and care was our pretty Bessie. And here have we lived in fortune's despite, though poor yet contented with humble delight. Full forty winters thus have I been, a silly blind beggar of Bednall Green. And here, noble lords, has ended the song of one that once to your own rank did belong. And thus have you learned a secret from me that ne'er had been known but for pretty Bessie. Now when the fair company, everyone, had heard the strange tale and the song he had shown, they all were amazed, as well they might be, both at the blind beggar and pretty Bessie. With that the fair bride they all did embrace, saying, Sure thou art come of an honourable race. Thy father likewise is of noble degree, and thou art well worthy a lady to be. <clears throat> Thus was the feast ended, with joy and delight. A bridegroom most happy then was the young knight. In joy and felicity long lived he, all with his fair lady, the pretty Bessie. Here's a short one. King Kofata and the Beggar Maid. I read that once in Africa a princely white did reign, who had to name Kofatia, as poets they did feign. From nature's laws he did decline, for sure he was not of my mind. He cared not for womankind, but did them all disdain. But mark what happened on a day as he out of his window lay, he saw a beggar all in grey, the which did cause his pain. 
The blinded boy that shoots so trim from heaven down did he. He drew a dart and shot at him in place where he did lie, which soon did pierce him to the quick. And when he felt the arrow prick, which in his tender heart did stick, he looked as if he would die. What sudden chance is this, quoth he, that I to love must subject be, which never thereto would agree, but still did it defy? And from the window he did come and laid him on his bed. A thousand heaps of care did run within his troubled head. For now he means to crave her love, and now he seeks which way to prove how he his fancy might remove and not this beggar wed. But Cupid had him so ensnare that this poor beggar must prepare a solve to cure him of his care, or else he would be dead. And as he musing thus did lie, he thought for to devise how he might have her company, that so did maze his eyes. In thee, quoth he, doth rest my life, for surely thou shalt be my wife, or else this hand with bloody knife, the gods shall sure suffice. And from his bed he soon arose, and to his palace gate he goes, for little then this beggar knows, when she the king espies. The gods preserve your majesty, the beggars all gang cried, vouchsafe, vouchsafe to give your charity our children's food to buy. The king to them his purse did cast, and they to part it made great hast. This silly woman was the last that after them did hide. The king he called her back again, and unto her he gave his chain, and said, With us you shall remain till such time as we die. For thou, quoth he, shalt be my wife, and honoured for my queen. With thee I mean to lead my life, as shortly shall be seen. Our wedding shall appointed be in everything in its degree. Come on, quoth he, and follow me. Thou shalt go shift thee queen. What is thy name, fair maid, quoth he? Penelophon, O king, quoth she. With that she made a low curtsy a trim one, as I ween. As hand in hand along they walk unto the king's palace, the king with courteous, comely talk, this beggar doth embrace. The beggar blushes scarlet red and straight again as pale as lead, but not a word at all, she said, she was in such amaze. At last she spake with trembling voice and said, O king, I do rejoice that you will take me from your choice and my degrees so base. And when the wedding day was come, the king commanded straight, the noblemen both all and some upon the queen to wait. And she behaved herself that day as if she had never walked the way. She had forgot her gown of gray, which she did wear of late. The proverb old is come to pass. The priest, when he begins his mass, forgets that ever clerk he was, he knoweth not his estate. Here you may read Kofitia, the long time fancy feed, fancy fed, compelled by the blinded boy, the beggar for to wed. 
He that did lovers' looks disdain, to do the same was glad and fain, or else he would himself have slain, in story as we read. Disdain no wit, O lady dear, but pity now thy servant here, least that it hap to thee this year, as to that king it did. And thus they led a quiet life during their princely reign, and in a tomb were buried both as writers showeth plain. The lords they took it grievously, the ladies took it heavily, the commons cried piteously, their death to them was pain. Their fame did sound so passingly that it did pierce the starry sky and throughout all the world did fly to every prince's realm. Thank you.